I'm Mario Munoz, reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Election Day is coming up May the 1st. Recently, the Rotary Club of McAllen hosted a virtual McAllen May Oral Candidate Debate. Live from McAllen, Texas, we are joined, by the way, throughout the region. Uh, we invited guests, Rotarians, and of course, uh, McAllen residents. And to take a look at the uh, mayor candidates that we have running mm. and this wonderful debate that we're anticipating. Now, today, our, mon our moderator for today's event is from the McAllen South Rotary Club. And he is our very skilled and talented Dan Worthington. He will introduce the candidates and manage the debate. Okay, Dan, it's all yours. Thank you, Adam. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the McAllen 2021 uh, mayoral debate. And for those of you who are watching, uh, thank you very much uh, for your attendance. Before we begin, I'd like to give the panelists and the, ca the candidates and you watching the ground rules. Each candidate will be given 90 seconds to introduce themselves. Uh, we will begin with candidate one, Dr. Rashid, as they appear on the ballot and work our way through to candidate five, Mr. Brand. We will then begin with the questioning with candidate two, uh, Mrs. Whitaker, and again, finish back around with candidate one, Dr. Rashid. Continue in turn until we've completed the questioning, at which time we will ask the candidates to give closing remarks, and we will begin with Mr. Brand, candidate five, and work our way forward to Dr. Rashid, can candidate uh, one. Each candidate will have 90 seconds to give his opening statement, answer the questions, and uh, give his uh, closing remarks. Uh, there may be follow-up questions asked uh, dependent, upon, dependent upon the answers, and in limited circumstances, uh, we will permit uh, a short rebuttal. Now, let me begin by introducing our candidates. Uh, our candidate one is Dr. Shahid Rashid. Uh, Dr. Rashid was trained at the University of Texas Medical School in Houston. Uh, at Johns Hopkins University in Maryland. His practice here in McAllen is specialized in pain management. But beyond his service to all of us as a doctor, uh, Dr. Rashid has also served as an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. He has operated several other businesses outside of his uh, medical practice. In addition, he serves on numerous medical boards, committees, philanthropic organizations, and as we'll see a pattern for the five candidates, has been actively involved in both faith-based and community service uh, for us here in the McAllen area. Candidate two is Veronica Velo Whitaker. Uh, Mrs. Whitaker is a uh, McAllen native. Her family has deep roots in McAllen over many, many, many years. Uh, she has uh, by degree a social work degree, and, she's ed and she has an education degree. She has worked as a teacher in McAllen. Uh, she's worked in healthcare management in McAllen. She currently serves as the executive director of CASA of Hidalgo County, CASA standing for um, 
the uh, court-appointed special advocates, uh, works for those in most need uh, here in the, here in the uh, county. Uh, she has served on the McAllen City Commission since 2013 and is actively involved in other community and faith-based service organizations. Candidate three is Michael Fallick. Uh, Mike is also a McAllen native. Uh, Mike's family is <coughs> McAllen almost 100 years, not quite as old as Rotary, but close. Uh, he is an attorney by education and an entrepreneur by profession. Uh, he has operated and opened numerous businesses in and around our city. He currently serves on the City of McAllen's Planning and Zoning Commission. In addition, he has been actively involved and serves as a leader of numerous community and faith-based service organizations. Candidate four is Javier Villalobos. Uh, Javier is uh, an attorney by education. Uh, he currently maintains a law practice. Uh, he, has, he serves on the McAllen City Commission representing District 1 since 2018. He has experience in representing municipalities uh, as an attorney. And like our other candidates, Mr. Villalobos is actively involved in our community, working with other community-based service organizations. At this point, the candidate forum began to experience technical difficulties at the source. These technical difficulties were resolved after a short space of time. Please do not tune out. This is an original, unedited recording. Our final candidate is Othel O.E. Brand. Uh, Mr. Brand uh, is a lifetime resident of McAllen. Uh, like many of our candidates, has a family with deep and long connections to our city. He attended Allen Public Schools. He has a BBA degree and worked as a businessman and entrepreneur in McAllen since the mid-70s. He is president of the Algo County Water Improvement District, having served with that organization since 2004. He currently serves on the board of the Valley Symphony. Uh, he's on the board of the Valley Baptist Commission uh, Education Organization, president, and he has served on and serves on numerous other local business, charitable, faith-based organizations. Tell us who you are. And why you want to be here. Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Background. 
there's a lot of echo going on. Uh, if we could have all the people mute the bell. There's a lot of echo going on. Okay, can I start? Dr. Rashid, please. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Shahid Rashid. I would like to thank McAllen Rotary Club and the organizers of this debate, Mr. Adam Lara and Mr. Dan Worthington. Not only for hosting this like debate and inviting me to this forum, but for your decision to make it virtual. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a politician. I'm a physician and a public health expert who cares deeply about my patients, my community, and our city of McAllen. My practice specializes in pain management. I alleviate and reduce pain. I hope to alleviate and reduce the pain we are all suffering due to the pandemic and the fear and uncertainty we are all confronting due to the economic, social, medical, and emotional upheaval that this virus has caused. I strongly believe it's my ethical, moral, and professional duty to help my community during this critical time, as I have the education, training, and expertise to do so. After my studies at Johns Hopkins University, I'm a knowledgeable public health expert, and I have determined that we must restore our community's health first to restore economic growth quality in school education, social activities, and tourism. A healthy McAllen will be a city with a booming economy based on all the features we already have, maquilas, malls, international bridges, excellent medical centers, and universities, plus a culturally diverse and hardworking population. I promise these difficult days will be over very soon but we have to work together to defeat this deadly disease. Thank you so much. Mrs. Whitaker, if you're ready, please begin. Oh, we, I couldn't hear you, I'm sorry. I, I would, didn't want to, okay. First of all, I'd like to thank the Rotary um, for all that there, for this opportunity today. So thank you for hosting and for uh, allowing us to be able to speak on our behalf. I can start by telling you that about eight, I have been representing the city of McAllen for the last eight years. But more importantly, I'd like to tell you all that 33 years ago, I opened my first business, which was Little Ones Discovery Center, where I began to work for my community. For the last 30 years or so, I have worked to improve McAllen economically, culturally, and environmentally. I sat on various boards like Museum, Leadership McAllen, CDBG, Easter Seals, Junior League, McAllen Boys and Girls Club, and many more, PTO mom at both Our Lady of Charlotte School and McAllen High School. My career includes managing and owning several businesses in this community, working as a social worker, working as an educator for 17 years, and serving as an executive director of two nonprofit organizations. I was born and raised in McAllen and have seen it grow into the incredible city that it is today. Its growth is amazing. Though of all of this, I know I get to know our community and the people from all over the city and how passionate the people are in McAllen. We have beautiful parks, hike and bike trails, a vibrant local business community, and an incredible history for all of us to brag. 
I want to continue that passion and lead McAllen into its next chapter as your mayor of the city of McAllen. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Whitaker. Mr. Ballack, tell us who you are and why you want to be mayor. Thank you, Dan, for the introduction. And thank you, Rotary, for hosting this first mayoral forum. I jumped into this mayoral's race because I thought it was absolutely vital that somebody from the business community lead the city. When Mayor Darling decided not to seek reelection, when our city attorney stepped aside, when your fellow Rotarian Shirley Reed decided to retire from STC, I saw a leadership vacuum forming in the, in the city. This is a critical time for the city of McAllen. Coming out of the pandemic and into the future, there are gonna be numerous challenges for the city. First and foremost among them is the budget. During my time in McAllen, I've created numerous businesses and hundreds of jobs. I understand the challenges of budgetary complexity. I understand how to make the most of difficult environment. For as long as I can remember, per capita income in McAllen has trailed the state and national economies. We should be able to do better. I am in this race to improve the lives and, and possibilities of McAllen and its citizens. There is absolutely no reason that we should be trailing the state and national economies. There is no reason that we should be 40 to 50% behind the state economy in terms of per capita and household income. We have a vibrant, diverse, bilingual, energetic youth uh, workforce. We should be able to lure new businesses to town. It is only through new businesses, through new investment, by broadening the tax base, by increasing the pay scale that we're going to increase the prospects for the city of McAllen. We have wonderful amenities here, parks, hike and bike trails, performing arts center. We're a safe community. We have a wonderful fire and police force, but all these amenities take money. In this difficult budgetary cycle, it is, in, it is crucial that we improve the prospect, the financial prospects for the city of McAllen in order to increase these amenities. My entire time in McAllen, I have brought new businesses to town. I've done that as a business. I can do that for the city as well. We're gonna increase the prospects for the city of McAllen. We're gonna do better and I can lead that effort. Mr. Malik, thank you. Uh, I would remind the, um, the speakers, we have 90 seconds. Uh, Mr. Mr. Villalobos, tell us who okay. you are and why you want to be mayor. Well, certainly. Well, first of all, thank you very much for the invite. And right off the bat, look, my campaign is based on 23 years of governmental experience. For the past 23 years, I've been advising other elected officials and other government officials on what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. I've been advising regarding budgets, regarding public finance, economic development, and pretty much all aspects of government. The experience is incredible. Now, I'm pretty proud to say that I didn't have to be an elected official to help my residents and citizens here in McAllen. I'm proud to say that I used my own money, my own time to defeat propositions that weren't popular and were, had to be defeated. For example, the school bonds in McAllen, 299 million that we know we, was, was not good. 200 million in Edinburgh that would affect the crossings uh, Ravenswood, Pacifico, Country Meadows, the Vineyards, and the Tres Lagos area, 
because that's in the Edinburgh School District. We took a stand and we defeated them because it was not the right thing to do. And of course, Proposition 1. You know, together, with the help of the community, we've saved McAllen in the area millions, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, there was no learning curve when I became the commissioner. I knew what I had to do. And there will be no learning curve when I become the mayor. Now, as a commissioner, I pride myself in, in making the tough decisions and always, always making the vote or making the choice at the time that it has to, has to be done, regardless as to whether it's a popular issue or not. That is not something that I concern myself about. Look, I ran my first campaign based on honesty, integrity, and transparency, and I intend to continue the same. I look forward to serving you as your mayor, and I humbly ask for your support. Thank you, Mr. Villalobos. Uh, Mr. Brand? Last but not least, uh, introduce you to, our, to uh, the uh, people uh, watching us today and tell us why you want to be mayor. My name is Othel Brand. Uh, I've lived here pretty much my whole life since 50, 1955. But uh, where do I come from? I come from a background of farming, which was a, an economic powerhouse here in the valley in, in early developments of the years of, of, the, of South Texas. Um, and that's where... That's where um, a lot of my values were taught and a lot of my, certainly my work, work ethic. Um, having done that and, and worked in, in, in the produce business and, and the communication industry till uh, 98 and still in the communications business today, um, I, turned my, I turned my attention to giving back uh, to my community. Much been given to us as a family and to me personally in living in McAllen. McAllen is a great place to live. Um, over the last 17, 18 years, I have served on the Water District Board. I'm, I'm the only candidate that has been in an elected position for 17 years, my fifth consecutive term. And of 15 of those years, I'm the only one that has served as the president in a leadership role of that board, unanimously elected every year by the board for 15 years. I've served with, in the private, in, in the, the community service sector, in faith-based organizations. I've served chairman of the board of trustees for Valley Baptist for the last 15 years. It is a statewide board of 15 people, of which majority of them I do not know and did not know until they became on the board. But again, unanimously elected for the last 15 years as their chairman to run that organization. So in a leadership role and having watched the leadership roles in my life with my father as well, uh, there is no transition that, that I understand the role of what's involved in being the mayor of McAllen as far as a leadership position. Uh, I've worked in the private sector as, and, and obviously run my own companies like many here have today. Um, I, don't, I don't claim to be uh, any smarter than anyone here today, but all I do claim is that I'm the oldest one and probably have the most experience, but that's it. That, what that means is I've screwed up more than the rest of them. And, but all that being said, uh, I don't have a time clock, so I can't see how many seconds I've got left, Dan. Well, awful thank you. And, and we would, uh, I would have a bet with you on who has screwed up more, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate your answer. Uh, we're now gonna move to, to uh, question one. And this first question will be directed, uh, Mrs. Whitaker, to you, if you will unmute. Uh, historically, the city of McAllen has seen 
profoundly low voter turnout in the mayor's race. Uh, some, of the, some, some of us attribute that to either voter apathy or voters being turned off by politics. Why should our voters care about who serves as the mayor of this city and how will you impact life for everyday residents of McAllen? First of all, we do have a lower turnout, voter turnout. And, and I believe though this time, I, since there are 18 candidates running for the city positions, I believe that each one of us is going to make sure that our voter base um, is out voting. I believe that we're going to all together make a difference in the voting this coming um, election because we, we're going to be able to reach out, ask them for their vote, ask them for their support and um, guide them to the polls and which ones are open and which ones are not open. It is important that the voters vote because at the end of the day, we will be the ones who make the decision for our city. Most of the time, a lot of the people who do call us during the um, week and ask us for, um, well, why did you do this? Or why can't you do this? Or what happened to, why, why is my water not running properly? Or why has my, you know, the side yard that, you know, that belongs to the city hasn't been mowed? Why hasn't this happened? Well, basically, those are the ones probably who have not voted, but yet want us to answer and um, have feedback immediately. So I think that in order, um, and we, of course, myself, will answer those questions immediately for those people. And I'm here to help them and to get the information to the right person, because they're still important whether they have voted or not. But the importance of voting is so that we can, they cannot say at the end of the day, well, I didn't vote for her or I didn't want to vote. I think that everyone needs to vote in order to make a difference for our community, for who is going to be our leader, who is going to be the one that moves us forward, and who is who are going to be our listeners and our guidance, and that is the community. So I believe that voting, you can actually say, you know what, I made a difference. I'm the one that did ask for that person to be in office today, and that person answers my questions, and that person's here for all the information that I need. So voting is very, very important, and I think as many candidates that we have in our um, next election, that we're going to make a huge impact on that, the voters that we receive. So um, again, please vote, and <laughs> let's get it out there, and let's make a difference for our community. Mrs. Whitaker, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Mr. Pallack, uh, same question. Why should voters care about who we elect as mayor? It's absolutely vital that people turn out to vote. It, it is the case that McAllen has historically had a low voter turnout. Although in the last several elections, we are seeing slight increases in that, which I think we can all appreciate. Uh, the mayor sets the tone for the entire city. It is crucial that people turn out to vote to have their voices heard. There is no bigger decision than that for mayor. Every, the entire prospects for the city is, gonna, is going to be based here in this election. It's not just for the mayor's race, but there are numerous other races as well. We have a number of city commission races. We've got PUB. There will also be a, a school district race, um, but the mayor sets the tone. Let me say that while I am new to politics, I am not new to the city. Being on the Planning and Zoning Commission, on the Chamber Board, uh, I led the Convention Center Advisory Board. I led Leadership McGowan and helped train numerous uh, leaders throughout the city that have been on every other city board. The ability to build consensus, 
to think creatively with flexibility, to build coalitions, to work with school districts, to work with the county, the state and the federal representatives for the best interests of the city. It is crucial because every single decision matters. The ability to bring more money into the city, to build those coalitions, to uh, obtain grants, to be able to handle the blocking and tackling of every component of the city, whether that be water and sewer, police and fire, uh, parks and rec, every department is crucial and somebody has to lead and you ought to have somebody with the breadth of uh, knowledge and experience to handle that effort. I believe that I am best qualified for that. Thank you, Mr. Fallick. Uh, Mr. Villalobos, same question. Why should voters care about who occupies the seat as mayor? It's very simple. Uh, whenever there's elections, people get pretty excited about the presidential election. They get excited about the governor's election. But when it comes to the person that they call immediately whenever there's an issue, there's not too much interest. The last time there was 7,400 votes in the mayoral election, I expect because of the number of candidates to have about 8,000 and that's about it. And that's pretty pathetic. Now, I was one of the founding members of ACT, Advocacy Alliance Center of Texas. And that was an organization that still exists that is always trying and pushing to pick up the votes. And it's very important for, I think we need to act a little more as a city and partner up with somebody, for example, like ACT to push. It's very, very important. We're the initial people, we're the initial members that people talk to. So we gotta do it. We have, we can partner up. And as a matter of fact, I've been suggesting we need to have do it as a commission, but not necessarily just as a commission, but also the school board. Any governmental entity needs to join us and really start picking up. As you can see, McAllen never has a county commissioner. We're fortunate to have a county judge. We're always split. And that's because of the voter apathy here in McAllen. That's something I think we need to change. And I think I can. Mr. Villalobos, thank you. Mr. Brand, if you will unmute. Uh, tell us uh, why voters should care about who our mayor is. That's the same question every time. Every candidate gets the same question. Then we'll move to a different one. Yes, sir. Uh, I, th I just think that uh, I think it, it behooves every, all elected officials, not just the mayor, to in, try to instill in people the, their, their civic responsibility to be involved in what goes on in their community, to have a voice in how they want that community to be managed, how, they, how, how it's to be served. I think uh, the younger generation is probably very disenchanted. Um, on many levels, not, not, I don't think it's the, the fault of just McAllen uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I do believe that is, it is ours, it has become who's us as adults to try to instill that, uh, uh, that sense of, of civic responsibility. Certainly the mayor has a vo voice in that. Uh, I think the whole city of the city commission has a say in that in, uni in unity. And that's what you want, is you want some unity that puts a voice out there to the youth. And, and it's not just one word, just say, do as I say and not, not as I do, but it is being an example, which I think any one of the five here today 
um, would all be in, in, in favor of trying to instill and be that example to the, the, the next generation that represents the upcoming, upcoming uh, population of McAllen. Um, and that's it. Thank you, Mr. Brand. Uh, Dr. Rashid, uh, same question to you before we move on to the next question. Uh, what, why is it that uh, voters should care about who occupies the seat of mayor? Um, that is a very, very important question that first and foremost is that this seat is a very important seat where we, we sit together and make the decisions. And we have to have a person who has the knowledge, experience, and the training to, to address day-to-day -day problems. At this time, the city of McAllen is going through the, one of the most difficult times in its history. People are dying. Our hospitals are overwhelmed with the patients. There are patients who are struggling with life. We have to have the, the, the leadership that who could understand and how that we could be able to handle this pandemic and treat our patients. And I believe that, you know, I, I, I have that all the skills, training, and expertise to handle that. At this time, the, uh, the, if you just look at that, we are in, unemployment is almost like 11%, which is way higher than the national. And in addition to that, that we have the poverty, which is about 24%. Our 64% of the youth leaves the valley. And, and, we, and there is a, being a, a, a consumer trade, we are losing our wealth almost like 60 to 70%. There has to be a leader who could understand these and how to reverse this cycle, this vicious cycle of brain drain, wealth drain, and how to improve the, the economy. And I believe that as a business owner who has his business all across the valley, and I am the right fit for this, this position. I have been dealing with the patients on a day-to-day basis. I know that what is going on and, uh, with, in, in their lives. I deal with their socioeconomic problems and I help them to resolve, uh, uh, help them to sort those out. I am, I am I'm blessed that, that being a physician, that I've been very connected with my community and it is the time that the city needs a person that who has that skills, who has that expertise, not only as a business person, but as a physician, as a public health expert and a family man. I have, uh, I'm blessed with six kids. My wife is from the Valley. And, uh, and I know that as a son, as a husband, as a father, that how these families struggle day to day. So this is the time that we need to take the bold actions. This is the unprecedented time and we need an unprecedented leadership. And I request that all of the voters to vote for me because I have that skills, I have that training, I have that expertise. And all of us, we will work it out together and again, bring our city on the path of booming economy and trade, education, and we'll be able to retain our, our wealth drain and we will, we will be able to keep our youth here. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Rashid. Uh, Mr. Fallick, uh, the next question will start with you. Uh, what do you consider to be uh, a major weakness of the city of McAllen and what are your ideas to address the weakness? So the challenge, as I said before, the challenge in the city of McAllen is to lure new business to town. Um, it, we have so much to offer here in McAllen, but we 
constantly have a challenge in order to pay for those items. Uh, I believe that I believe that we need to build coalitions. We need to build consensus. We need to figure out how to properly partner with the various constituencies in McAllen, the school districts, uh, the county and state and federal government. Uh, with, the, with the immigration issue that we have right now, uh, it is crucial that we figure out how to partner with the federal government to make sure that uh, the city is properly cared for that we're not increasing the risks to the city. Uh, it's important that we work with the school districts to figure out how to advance the educational component and prospects for the younger generation. Um, we won't advance the interests of the city until we increase the educational profile. We have so much that we can partner with and by increasing those prospects, not with just with our school district, with IDEA, with STC, with UTRGB, with new, the new um, Texas A&M campus here, we can expand the opportunities for those here in the city. With the increase in education comes new opportunities on the business side. We can lure new businesses to town if we can prove to companies all across the country that uh, we have an educated workforce that is willing and capable of handling um, the jobs that will be created in the new cycle. Uh, in addition, uh, with the USMCA, with the just-in-time um, pressures that the uh, pandemic has brought and the uh, new way that the economy is going to be working, we have such opportunities to locate companies from across the world into our community to build on the educational cycle and to create those longstanding, uh, longstanding job opportunities to increase the quality of life for everybody in the city. And I think that that is not only just the weakness, but the actual opportunity here that we have in the city. Thank you, Mr. Fowler. Uh, Mr. Villalobos, same question. What do you consider to be uh, our major weakness and how can we get it fixed? Well, first of all, let me tell you, McAllen is not in a real bad situation, even because of this pandemic. A lot of people sometimes think uh, we are, but we took some measures months and months ago that McAllen is, is in a pretty good position. Now, as far as weaknesses, we're okay, but we can't do better. And let me tell you where I've been pushing and what I want to be pushed, what I'm going to be pushing uh, as when I'm mayor. We've concentrated a lot on maquilas when it comes to economic development, and we've done well, but I think we're past that. There's different things we can do for economic development, but one of the things that I think, one of the weaknesses we have is that we have neglected our small businesses. There's a lot of things we can do to help out, uh, even to, through startup, and we don't. You go through Norlana, Trenton, 10, 23rd Street, that is the backbone of McAllen. Those are the young, I mean, those are the businesses that put their capital at risk. And a lot of the times when there's a possibility of somebody going under, we are never there to help. And I think we should. We are always trying to hit a home run, and I hope we do. And sometimes through 380 agreements, through other incentive packages, we give away millions. And of course, it's not given away. We study it, and it's a good thing, and we do it. But why do we not assist our small businesses? That's one thing that I think we're weak at. And I think that's one thing that we need to really concentrate on and really pick it up. Uh, thank you, Mr. Villalobos. Uh, Mr. Brand, if you will unmute. 
And thank you all, by the way, for cooperating on the muting and unmuting. It's uh, it's a little bit of a new a new life for us out here. Uh, Mr. Brand, um, what do you see as the city's primary weakness, and how do you think we can get it fixed? Well, I'll tell you my, that one of the ones that got me started several 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 months ago on is flooding, drainage. You know, it doesn't make, make any difference how good your, your, your structure is, your streets, your schools, your businesses, doesn't make any difference. If you don't have proper drainage, you've got a problem for the entire community and the functionality of the community. You have a great fire department, you have a great police department, but when it comes to flooding, people in this community average 47,000 income in our community. That tells me that their biggest investments are home. For the business community, being, being put out of business because of a flood is not is not something that any of us want, nor can do, do we be at times control. Uh, to the, the massive amount that they've spent now has been a great start, the city's done, but it needs to be more. In, in 67 in Beulah, we had, in, based on today's dollars, we had in a, a 37,000 town of McAllen, we had over $1.8 million dollars uh, worth of a uh, uh, billion dollars worth of damage. Imagine what that would be today. There is there is a fix, and it is fixing the outlets, not internal plumbing, which is what we've been focused on, which is great. But to continue that in in the outlets that drain this city. Thank you, Mr. Brand. Uh, Dr. Rashid, what do you see as the city's uh, primary weakness, and how do you believe it can be fixed? Unfortunately, we are, thank you very much. Unfortunately, we are going through a very difficult time in our history. Right now, the, the biggest problem that we have is this pandemic, which has, which has caused uh, devastation in our city. We have almost lost 4,000 uh, citizens to this, to this disease. Every day, we are having 10 to 15 people, they are dying. There are 120 to 130 people in the ICU. And that's the, the biggest, the, 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 that has never happened in our history before. McAllen is not in a good shape because uh, as far as our economy is concerned. Our sales tax are down by four and a half percent, which is almost like 10 to $11 million. We have an unemployment, which is 11%, which is 7% more than the national. We have the poverty, which is 24%. And these are the indicators which tell that where we are. Yes, by looking at the number that what we have in, in our uh, cumulative wealth, this is all because of the stimulus we received. And at this time that we have to have these strategies and, and, and the, the foresight that how we could be able to spring back into, into the, into, into, in, back on our feet. And at this time, we need to make sure that we address this pandemic as, uh, as aggressively as possible. As the mayor of the city, my plan is to have a robust COVID force that is going to the robust, uh, robust uh, COVID-19 task force, which is going to help to do the testing and roll out the vaccine as, as soon as possible and treat the patients who are in the ICUs. And, and also to have a post-pandemic strategic planning so that we could be able to address those patients because we are going to have about 10 to 20% of patients who will have a called long COVID syndrome. 
they will be suffering from a different kind of diseases because this virus is very, it's still, we do not know that much about it, but it, how it's affecting our body is causing neurological problems, mental fogs, cardiac problems, respiratory problems, and so forth. So it's going to be a biggest, biggest uh, challenge for our healthcare system. And on the top of that, we will be, we will be losing a lot of our uh, the workforce because of this disease. So I think that at this time that we have to focus on and, 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 and on how we could get, be, be able to get out of this pandemic and how could we be able to, to treat our patients. And I believe that I'm the, the, the only physician and the person who has the public health, uh, the, the training and skills to handle this, this very condition. Dr. Rashid, thank you. Uh, Mrs. Whitaker, you'll finish us up. Uh, if you'll unmute. Thank you, and I appreciate y'all. Again, y'all's continued uh, uh, patience with me uh, prodding you. I know that clicking on and off is, uh, uh, is a little difficult. But Mrs. Whitaker, same question. What do you see as the uh, city's most important weakness, and what are your ideas to get it fixed? I have about five uh, weaknesses, um, jobs, education, um, traffic, um, our rules and regulations for um, receiving, getting permits. And so let me, and let me start with jobs. Um, small businesses, I think during this pandemic, um, we did have several grants out there that they were able to be able to match grants for that they could continue with their small businesses to thrive throughout their pandemic. And those who did have to close down for a couple of months, you know, had a, had a little bit more of a rougher time, um, but most of them have survived. Our restaurants um, did well through throughout, basically because we were allowed to have curbside um, pickup and drive and drive through. So, um, in terms of jobs, and now of course today, now that we're going to be able to open up a little bit more, jobs are now going to be more available for all of those who did lose their jobs during the pandemic. Um, maybe a little bit higher paying jobs would also help our economy and help our uh, community. So, you know, we just need to focus more on uh, local um, small businesses and help them um, thrive in the next coming years. Education, um, MISD I know has lost children to other um, charter schools and other private schools. And um, they've done a great job in um, trying to maintain those kids in their, in their school system. And um, I think with the efforts that we have um, become team members with the school district and the commission, the mayor, and we have ideas and we throw them back and forth in order to say, how can we uh, retain our students? Because as long as you retain your students, you retain your communities here also. And you know, the parents, they have jobs within the city. And so it's all connected, which is, which is quite helpful. Um, traffic. We did do a traffic study, and with that traffic study, we have started to implement some of the different avenues that we have in order for our traffic to flow. We also did a, um, the study also included the light, the sinking, the um, red lights, green lights, um, in order for everybody to be able to flow um, in, during the day, uh, a, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., noon, and of course, 4.30 to about 6.30, um, any of the major uh, thoroughfares, um, 2nd Street, 10th Street, Bicentennial, those are the ones where we need to really um, focus and make sure that our traffic flows um, just a little, you know, so that we are able to cross town. Um, now with Bicentennial being open all the way to 107 is gonna help tremendously. So I know many of y'all are excited that we've opened that um, avenue. Um, so that's good for all of us. We also, um, our locals have supported, our locals now stayed here in the city of McAllen 
during this whole pandemic. And because of that, I believe now that they believe more in our own community and believe in the fact that McAllen is strong and they now stay here and have supported our local businesses, our small businesses, our large businesses, even those um, uh, that are at the mall everywhere. So that I think that weakness has um, reduced. And then the last one, our airport. I think as long as we can get that second runway going, um, we're going to have a more diverse um, jobs and everything else within the city. So that is going to help our economy tremendously. So as we continue to grow, all these weak weaknesses are going to become strengths. Mrs. Whitaker, thank you. Uh, Mr. Villalobos, if you will unmute, uh, I will ask you the next question. I remind our candidates we're trying to keep the answers to 90 seconds. Uh, Mr. Villalobos, we understand that immigration is a federal issue. Um, but how do you see and what do you see as the role of mayor in handling public health or otherwise presented to the city by periodic spikes in immigration? No, this is an issue that came uh, about two years ago and it was very contentious and we have people uh, calling left and right, some people for, some people against. And this is one of those things I say about having to make the the tough decisions at the time that they have to be made. Look, our position is, and it always has been, look, I honestly, I don't want the immigrants coming in through McAllen, whether they're illegal or not, because it causes issues and specifically even more now with COVID, okay? But the thing is, it is not up to us. The federal government is picking them up, dropping them off at the bus station. So the question back then and the question now is what do you do? Well, we can't just, tell them to leave or let them roam around. So what we did back then was a, got some assistance from Catholic charities and we kept them in one place. And that was not because we're pro or, or for immigrants or against or anything. That was because we are pro McAllen citizens. We wanted to make sure that we kept our citizens safe. And you know, guess what happened? Those immigrants stayed there at the Catholic charities. There was no robberies, there was no thefts, there was nothing. You know what a, a woman will do when her child is hungry? She'll do whatever she needs to do to feed her child. We didn't have to incur any of that because of the actions we took. Now, as mayor, we have to do absolutely the same. It's not pro or con, it's public safety for our community. If we can assist in, in making it a little easier for Catholic charities or any other organization to get the immigrants and bust them out, I think we should help them because that protects our community. I said it back then, and I still say it right now, even though it's, immigration is not an issue that we deal with for or against, public safety is. And we must always, always make sure that our public, that our residents are safe. Uh, thank you, Mr. Villalobos. Uh, Mr. Brand, if you will unmute. Uh, same question. Uh, we, we all of us know that immigration is uh, an issue left to the province of the federal government, but. How do you see your role as mayor in addressing uh, the impact of periodic immigration spikes? Well, because it is a federal issue and it's not one the city has any control over. It, we are simply the uh, bystanders or even in some cases, potentially the collateral damage from the policies that are passed out of Washington. Uh, I, for me, it is uh, trying to establish additional public private partnerships with non, non, uh, faith-based non, nonprofit organizations 
uh, additional ones that can help. We know that the majority of those coming across the river come through this county for the whole nation. Uh, it, is, it is unfathomable to think of three, 400,000 people being just sitting here in the city of McAllen. Uh, that is not an acceptable environment. Uh, and I, I feel like the, that the, the, the only option we have is to work with our community and with our other partners to try to establish additional help to get these people where they wanna go, which is usually not here. And then also to make sure from a law enforcement standpoint that they have the tools they need in order to maintain the safety that we enjoy as being one of the safest communities in the nation right now. Mr. Brand, let me, before we move on, let me ask you a brief follow-up. When, when you talk about uh, protecting the city from collateral damage, is that public health, public safety, a combination of both or something else? Combination of both. One is from a health uh, perspective because we know that it is a haphazard right now. They are not uh, vaccinated. They're, they are not, uh, they're, not, they're not getting the tests that they need, nor the vaccines. It is a hit and miss based on availability, but they continue to release them, even though they may have the, 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 vaccine, the, the uh, virus onto buses and planes. And so it's a health issue, but it's, and it's a safety issue. That, right, when people come here with no money, no friends, and know not what to do, but they've got to start feeding their family, what do they go for? And that you've got to think of those options. None of them, the, none of them, um, the best situations for them. Uh, Ms. Brand, thank you. Uh, Dr. Rashid, mm -hmm. uh, same question. Uh, given the limitations, and the, the lack of authority that the city has with immigration, what do you see uh, as your role, if you were elected as mayor in addressing periodic spikes of immigration on the residents of the city? We are a nation of immigrants, and the immigrants are our strength. They are not a public safety issue. The thing is that we are a border town, and it's, 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 it's our responsibility. It's going to happen. It's been happening in the past, and it will continue happening. What is strategy we should have in place? Instead of being a reactive, we should be proactive in this thing. This is, this is a regional problem. And we are going to have, as a mayor, I'm going to invite all the mayors of the cities in this region, and we have to collectively sit down and approach our state representatives and the federal government. It's a national policy. And if, in order for us to fulfill that national policy, we need to ask them to help us out with the financial resources. And there, there are, they're all legal immigrants. And there's, there, there are no reports that they have been committing any crimes or, or they have been a public safety hazard. They have been passing through this and then they are going to their sponsors uh, throughout the, the, the country. So, we have to be, be very, very uh, proactive in this. We have to have a proper centers where they could be able to be hosted in a very, um, um, in a dignified manner. We, could, we, we, should, uh, we should work with the, the charities, federal government, state governments to address this issue. So in my opinion, that this is, this is not a one day issue. It is an ongoing and it's going to be like that. And it can only be resolved that we have to work hand in hand with the state, with the federal government, and with the community and the charities. 
and and we commend what the catholic charities are doing and all the other our community members are doing and and, and we have to we have to to understand that we are a nation who's who has been the flag bearer of the humanitarian rights and we are here to take care of them as a physician i i i deal with every kind of patient whether what is their socioeconomic status is not or not. We have to be, be very, uh, very uh, uh, kind to this, uh, this situation and help these people who are in need. And, and I think that we will be able to resolve this matter together. Dr. Rashid, thank you. Uh, Mrs. Whitaker, the same question. Um, how do you see uh, your role if you're elected as mayor in addressing the, uh, the unique issues presented by immigration spikes? Well, first and foremost, we have to adapt. We have to adapt the best as we can here in the city of McAllen. Um, a lot of these immigrants are coming through our borders and most of them are not even staying in the city of McAllen. So if they're just coming through, um, we have to understand it. And of course, we're asking all the different municipalities that are around us to help us, to aid us in all of, of the the people that are here um, on a daily basis. Um, I know that if they were to go through the respite center or before they even get on the um, air flights to whatever city or country or other state that they're going to, they are taking the COVID test. And so um, it's unfortunate they're not taking the COVID test prior to crossing, but that's something that we have to deal with. And that's something that we have to work through, which is fine um, as long as we are able to you know, have other municipalities helping us and taking care of all of those things. Again, we have to work together in order to make sure that um, we're doing the right thing by them and by us. And so this is very, very important. Um, we are asking the federal government, of course, to help us and assist us um, through all the border cities. You know, um, not only does McAllen get hit with Del Rio's, um, Del Rio, Laredo, Brownsville, all along the border are getting hit just as hard as we are El Paso. Um, and so not are we the only border um, town that they're coming through. And so we just have to all work out, maybe make a plan, you know, for all of us together. But as long as the federal government um, assists us and um, helps us to move forward with all of the other people that are coming through, they're humans, they're people, they're just, they could be, you know, relatives of ours, relatives of your next door neighbor, they could be your neighbor eventually. And so we just have to take care of them just as they would take care of us if we move to Mexico or to any other country in our world. So we have to be passionate and understanding and move forward together. Mrs. Whitaker, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Fallock, uh, same question. Uh, what do you see as the role of the mayor in addressing the needs presented to the city by periodic spikes in immigration? Yeah, thank you, Dan. Uh, as you mentioned, this is a federal issue. It's a very difficult issue, but it is an important one for the city. Uh, the mayor absolutely has to get involved. Now, first, we ought to be able to deal humanely and with empathy with this population that's coming across our borders. Uh, after all, at some point in all of our past, we were immigrants here. That being said, we must protect McAllen and its citizens. There are three things that I think as mayor um, need to be addressed in dealing with the federal government and the communication. It is crucial that the mayor not only communicate with our local population, but be able to communicate with our federal representatives 
with the border patrol and all those that have the direct impact. But there are three things that we need to make sure of. First, we need to ensure that those coming across the border seeking asylum have been COVID tested. We have enormous healthcare uh, uh, issues in our community already. We do not need to increase those. So it is crucial that those coming across our borders are COVID tested. Second, uh, they need to also have uh, criminal background checks. We have heard from the Border Patrol time and again uh, that there have been thankfully very limited cases, but there have been some elements of criminality and we need to make sure that those people are not caught up and taking advantage of the system. The great, great majority of those coming across are just seeking a better life. And as I said, we should be able to deal humanely and with empathy with those, but we need to make sure that that criminal element is not among them. Uh, the second point is that the, we need to ensure, the mayor needs to ensure that the federal government has a plan for moving these individuals into and then out of the city. Uh, thankfully, the majority of, of those seeking asylum do get processed here locally and make their way outside city limits, but we need to make sure that that is happening efficiently. Uh, third, and finally, we need to ensure that the city is reimbursed for all the costs that it is expending. Uh, we have done, a, the city has done a tremendous job of ensuring that this population comes in has housing, has food, is able to take showers, uh, and is processed and moved with transportation uh, to where they end up wanting to go. But we are providing security, we're providing water, electricity, uh, transportation in some, in some respects. We need to ensure that our budget is not overly affected by these continuing costs. And we need to ensure that the federal government is paying the costs because as uh, we began this question with, this is a federal issue. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Fowler. Mr. Uh, Brand, uh, this next question will start with you. Uh, and it's one, Mr. Brand, if you would unmute. Uh, it's, uh, you might think we'd drawn this up given your earlier, uh, your earlier remarks, but uh, the, if you have a to-do list uh, with regard to the infrastructure needs of the city, uh, what is first on your list and uh, what do you hope to, to, how much do you think you can get done in the first 90 days? Well, trying to, to, trying to address a drainage issue is not something you take care of in 90 days. You know, we have, uh, we've witnessed in our lifetimes, the highway department go through development from uh, two, two, two lane concrete poured slabs to where we are today. And that is as, as the demand has increased and the usages, the demand has increased, that trucks have, have gone from 20,000 pound capacity, 45,000 pound capacity in order to accommodate the needs of where we are today. Flooding is one of those things that is, is a, an unseen and it, it, it grows, it, it, it kind of, gr you grow and it kind of sits there waiting for that attention. It does, it's not something that stands out on, the, on like a street sign on the side of a street. And I think it, is, it takes years to develop and it takes years to implement. And I do believe that uh, the city's done a great job in the last four or five years. I've, I've spent 20, 30, $40 million. Uh, but again, all of it internally. If you look at the map, it's all internal drainage. And um, those are the things... It, it, the city is to, is here to to 
to provide a, a quality of life environment and an environment in which businesses can be profitable and, and flourish. And certainly flood control is one of those, that we don't have to take the highest price land in the valley for retention ponds, but put together a drain, a drain program that works for this city and not impose that responsibility on private uh, landowners, be it residential or commercial. Mr. Brand, thank you. Uh, Dr. Rashid, if you would unmute. Yes, sir. Same question. What do you see as the number one infrastructure issue confronting the city? And uh, what are your thoughts with regard to what you get finished in the first 90 days if elected? Okay, the, the, the first and uh, the, the most important issue at this time, as far as infrastructure goes, is the traffic congestion. And um, as uh, um, Mr. Brand said, that <laughs> it's not that you can do it in 30 days. These are the infrastructures, they take, they, they, they take their own time. And uh, so that we have to develop uh, the, 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 the innovative engineering and planning for the traffic congestion and the smooth flow of uh, the, the traffic. In addition to that, uh, the second thing is the, the, the storm water that uh, those detention ponds to avoid the flooding. These are the two major uh, issues which are uh, affecting the city. And, um, and I stated that, you know, this is not, can be not, cannot be done in 30 days, but we would try to do it as soon as possible because there is some delays in, 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 in uh, these uh, already uh, approved projects. And uh, as a mayor, I'll try that as my first priority to expedite those delays and we could be able to get it done as soon as possible. And, uh, and, and I hope that if it's not 30 days, but probably in like 90 days, we'll be able to get to some, some meaningful uh, progress. Dr. Rashid, thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Whitaker, uh, same question. What do you see as the, um, the top infrastructure issue confronting the city? And, you know, with regard to 90 days, I think we all, we all understand that there's a limit to what you can do. There, there's also a counterbalance frustration mm -hmm. with committing things to death. But, but, but what do you see as uh, the number one infrastructure need and how are you going to get it accomplished? I have several. So in my eight years as commissioner and mayor pro tem, we've maintained a budget in the black, even during our recession, our pandemic and stiffened competition from surrounding cities. I will be more aggressively pursuing avenues of savings and of our quality of life. Our mobility is the key to continued growth. I will strongly focus on more traffic imp improvements. While I was integral in the almost $2 million investment made about two years ago to synchronize our lights with software, and we're at the final stages of the installation, which I mentioned earlier, that we just need a few more steps before those the traffic will be um, hopefully at a, better, at a better flow during our um, business hours of eight, noon, and probably five o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, once we have the study completed, we'll be able to dramatically improve vehicle flow. With strains in the budget at state level, county level, city level, due to COVID and deficits, the ability that brings dollars to our regions is gonna be even harder. And that's why I mentioned earlier that um, our local businesses have thrived 
um, throughout the pandemic. And we have learned now to book to um, shop local and um, we're taking care of each other locally. So that has helped us to move forward together. So um, while I am the strongest candidate with the eight years experience with the relationships with our state and federal government so far, I feel that I could be able to approach them immediately to ask them for funding, to ask them for assistance, and to ask them for suggestions and ideas how to move forward um, through all of this in which we need tremendously to be able to have relationships in order to move on and to be able to um, assess our situation in the first 90 days and ask for um, fundings, monies, and for care for these for our uh, as we move forward in the city of McAllen. So um, I wanna make sure that we can secure amounts in, during all of this um, in order to complete those um, avenues that we've already have in place. And so it's just important, again, that we continue with our relationships with the um, federal, state, county, and even with amongst ourselves in order to keep McAllen moving. Mrs. Whitaker, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Fowler, uh, same question. Uh, what do you see as the number one infrastructure issue and how do we avoid the, uh, the paralysis by this continued analysis of these issues? I and mean, how can we get uh, what we need done in the city completed? Thank you, Dan. Uh, from a pure infrastructure uh, component, uh, drainage and, and mobility and access and transit are the, are the infrastructure issues most uh, in need of direct attention. Uh, as for drainage, the city should be commended for uh, passing a bond uh, a few years ago. The majority of those projects have been underway, some are nearing completion. There are others though that the city does need to focus on. There are different parts of the city that will need addis additional attention in order to handle the drainage issues. Um, we also, in terms of drainage, need to be sure that we're cooperating with the county. Uh, so much of the outfall for drainage depends on the participation and connectivity with the county. So it needs to be that the mayor is handling those communication needs and working with our county leaders in order to handle that component properly. Uh, second, with respect to mobility and transit, I first want to uh, say and congratulate the various constituencies that created the MPO, the unified MPO that will bring so many additional dollars to our area that's gonna benefit not just McAllen, but the entire region. Uh, that was a huge benefit and we need to make sure that we are um, staying active in that MPO and we're getting our share of those, of those federal and state dollars. Uh, it is crucial that the traffic lights be uh, connected. Um, the technology is there. Uh, those contracts were let and we should be seeing improvement already, uh, but we need to stay on top of it and make sure that that component uh, has follow through. In addition, we need to make sure that there are new east-west thoroughfares. We've addressed some of the north-south uh, traffic lanes. We need to make sure that we're also able to efficiently move from east to west to connect to 281, the new I-69, um, efficiently because it has such uh, a possibility of uh, benefiting the citizens. Uh, and then finally, with, re with respect to the infrastructure, we need to focus on our bridges. We've invested in Anzil Duas. We've invested um, in, the, in the bridge at Hidalgo. We need to make sure that we are trying to seek as many federal resources as we can to improve those bridges, not only because it moves um, people and product across, but it has such an impact potentially with the financial capability of the city. 
we bring revenue in by way of our bridges. We allow people to move back and forth by way of our bridges. If we aren't focused uh, with laser focus on, on that issue to bring in the dollars to improve those facilities, uh, we're not doing our job. We need to make sure that we're getting those dollars that we need. Mr. Villalobos, uh, same question to you. Uh, what do you think is the most pressing infrastructure issue and how can we get it accomplished? Uh, certainly, and let me tell you, we have been doing our job. The issues regarding all the bridges, they're engineered, we're looking at the financing. Hopefully we're gonna have the southbound and everything. The international bridges are doing fantastic. It's just the issue we have with federal government right now, kind of limiting the, what's the people coming in. Now, there's uh, two years ago, in 2018, we had flooding of 2,800 homes. And I remember the city was talking about issuing a bond for 24 million, 24 drainage and 4 million for, uh, for traffic congestion for the light studies and everything. And I remember them talking about, well, I don't think we can do it because the last two have failed. And I remember telling them, well, the last two have failed. I was one of the, one of the persons that was instrumental in making sure that they failed because they were not good. But this is something that the city needs, a 20 million for drainage, and I will push it, and I did, with the condition that it be spent immediately, because we still have money from 2014 on some bond issuance in 2014, and that's unacceptable. We did it. We passed it, and our engineering department was amazing. They stepped it up. Our independent engineers stepped it up, and within two years, we did a majority of the projects. From In 2018, when we had 16 inches of rain, about 2,800 homes flooded in McAllen. And with Hurricane Hannah this past year, only about 200 homes flooded in McAllen. So that has brought flooding down to maybe possibly not the most important issue. There was, there was, a, there was a subdivision, we call it, it's Ware Ridge, Ware Ridge Subdivision. And that one was flooded because of water coming down from the parks, water coming down from the construction and Ware Road and water coming down from a new development. That had never happened before. But just last week, we just did another change order. That project is underway. It has been underway. We just allocated another 400,000. So where Ridge is covered. And that was quite a bit of the, of, the, of the problems we have. So flooding is not congestion. We gotta keep on continuing. Mr. Villalobos, thank you. Uh, we've now reached uh, the point in our uh, debate where we're gonna start with our closing statements. Um, Mr. Brand, uh, because you were uh, uh, because you were last in terms of going in the opening, uh, we'll let you start. If you'll unmute, there. If you'll unmute, if you'll give us sort of your closing remarks on why uh, the people listening, and there are in the hundreds, I'm told, um, why you should be uh, considered for mayor. Well, I really would just close by by asking that. Uh, be given the opportunity to prove myself to the city as I've done on other boards um, and to reinforce the trust and certainly the lack of conflict of interest that is needed to be in this position and to, to promise to be persistent, to be a hard worker at, at, uh, at the issues with the city of McAllen and truthfully just to use me up for what I can do and then discard me and I'll be just real happy. I won't, I'll be real happy, but uh, that uh, it is, 
it is a, it is an oath of it is an oath. We take an oath of office for that position, and it's certainly one that I've held uh, dear in the oath of office that I've taken in other organizations I've been in. Defend them. Uh, I've had a great deal of training. Uh, I've never taken leadership, McAllen, but I've worked with the city on a lot of projects, and even had a different point of views with the city on other issues. Uh, and they've taught me a great deal you know, over the years. And uh, uh, believe that the experience that I have working in all three, uh, faith-based and private sector, public sector, for the last 17 years, persistently at the same organizations in order to, because a lot of, th in order, in order to, to finish the goals, to start a goal and stick with it until it's done. And sometimes your list of your accomplishments are not long, but they but they are complete with those that you have those that you have taken on that they take years to do, and certainly that's a commitment I'm willing to do to for the, my, my city, and hope giving the opportunity that uh, such such uh, opportunity be given to me as well. And I appreciate y'all's time. Thank you, Mr. Brand, uh, Mr. Villalobos. Well, we will uh, let's let's go slightly out of order, and we'll come back to uh, Javier. There may be a technical issue. Oh, Mr. Villalobos, uh, we're going to go straight down in order. I apologize for that. It will be Mr. Villalobos, Mr. Fowley, Mrs. Whitaker, and Dr. Rashid. Uh, Mr. Villalobos, tell us in your closing remarks uh, why the people listening uh, should consider you for mayor. Why they should recommend you to their friends and their family. <clears throat> Certainly. Uh, once again, well, first of all, once again, thank you, thank you for having us. Look, there's no question that McAllen is the jewel of the valley. You know, we have the best police department. We have the best fire departments, uh, water, streets, sewers. We have the best of everything. And I honestly think McAllen also needs to have the best leaders. Now, McAllen deserves a mayor that has extensive knowledge and experience in all aspects of government. Not just a couple of things here and there, served on boards, served on uh, different things. No actual experience. So now... And we're talking about someone who's not there for the purposes of being popular or using it as a stepping stone. McAllen reserves someone that will take the bull by the horns and make the decisions that have to be done at the time that they have to be done or made. Now, McAllen also needs a leader that can associate with all people, whether it be from District 1, the North, or District 4, the South. They deserve a leader that can talk to all residents. Now, someone who respects and will always do the best for all residents, no matter where they come from, and always do the best for our city employees. And I've done that. Now I have proven myself in the past and I look forward to proving myself in the future to always advance the interests of our great city of McAllen. I look forward to diligently serving you all as mayor and I humbly ask for your vote and support. Thank you. Mr. Lobos, thank you. Uh, Mr. Fallick, uh, closing remarks. Thank you, Dan, and let me say thank you again to Rotary for hosting this forum. Um, let me tell you that I believe that government ought to be a solution to people's problems and not an additional problem that people have to overcome. As mayor, setting the right tone and dealing with the city commission to make sure that happens is of utmost importance. As a businessman, I absolutely understand that. I understand that regulation must be narrowly tailored to advance the interests of the city and those that live here. 
We need to support small business, the local economy that keeps everything running. We also need to lure business to the community. We need to make sure that we are able to attract new investment in our, into our community, that we are able to bring new jobs in, to broaden out our tax base so that there doesn't ever have to be any tax increases. We need to support education. There needs to be greater ties with the school district. There needs to be greater ties with the areas of uh, higher education, with UTRGV, with South Texas College, with uh, the Texas, new Texas A&M campus that's here locally. Uh, we also need to invest in infrastructure. We need to make sure that we are continuing to invest in our drainage, in our mobility, in our bridges. But also we need to make sure that the blocking and tackling of governance happens, that streets, transit, continue to improve, that parks and other quality of life issues are focused on so that um, people can enjoy living here, that we are a beacon to those that wanna move here, that we continue to be the jewel of the Rio Grande Valley. As McAllen goes, so does the rest of the region and the valley. It's important that we remain um, that, that jewel that everybody can be proud of. Um, so let me say in, in closing, we're gonna focus on all of those issues to make sure that every component of the city is functioning properly and those in, that live here are heard and that the best interests of the citizens are always uh, focused on. Mr. Valick, thank you. Uh, Mrs. Whitaker, uh, if you will unmute and give us your closing remarks. As we close today, I would like to thank all of everyone who was involved in the efforts and the voters of McAllen. Secondly, I would like to say is that we look forward as to his leader. I believe that person needs to be someone who is diverse and has experience in a broad range of areas and possesses a variety of skills. While business knowledge is important to the basic understanding, it is only a part of its overall function in the day-to-day -day operations of a growing and thriving city like McAllen. The city commission and mayors are not involved in the day-to-day -day functions and operations, much like a board of directors. Do not interfere with corporate day-to-day -day operations and these people who manage our city, such as the city departments, managers, lawyers, accountants, marketing, all that are in financials, everyone that is involved in our city. There are the many facets to which a city involves many areas of varied expertise and knowledge for we have the experts who are our voice. So as your mayor, I will be someone who has vision and can take others' visions and can see the potential for how things can be implemented or improved, who can listen and initialize people and work with the city management and the commission to move forward for a better vision for our city of McAllen. As your mayor, I will work with other commissioners and when needed state and federal legislator. As I mentioned earlier today, relationships with local, county, state, federal relationships are very important as we move forward together in the city of McAllen. It is important to have relationships, to be able to have conversation and to be able to agree at the end of the day for all what is best for the city of our city of McAllen. McAllen is thriving, McAllen has grown. I remember when I was young, it was 30,000, 40,000. Today we're over 150,000 in population. So McAllen has grown to be a great city. And for that reason, I wanna be the mayor so that we make sure that we grow together to make sure that we continue, we have consistency and we move forward and keep McAllen moving. 
So I ask for your support for Mayor McAllen. Thank you, Mrs. Whitaker. Uh, Dr. Rashid, if you will unmute, uh, we will give you the last word. Give us your closing remarks and, and tell us why uh, the folks watching and listening and hopefully who will watch and listen to the recording of this a debate ought to consider you for mayor. Thank you. My dear McAllen family, as I mentioned in my opening statement, I'm not a politician. I'm a physician, a businessman, and a family man who cares deeply about my patients, my community, and our city of McAllen. Our beautiful city of McAllen is blessed with every ingredient to be a booming economy. Being next to Mexico and the hub of a metropolitan statistical area, but unfortunately we have the highest rate of unemployment and brain drain. We will reverse this vicious cycle by diversifying our economic profile to that of a manufacturing and a technological industry. There were some common threads, thoughts, viewpoints, and plans throughout this debate from a few of the participants. However, I feel this strongly that our city must have a single focus, which is our health. I want a thriving McCallan. My plan for a healthy McCallan includes COVID testing, vaccination, and treatment, and a post-pandemic strategic planning. We are all in this together. We are not out of the woods yet. Please wear masks, wash your hands frequently, social distance, get vaccinated as soon as you can. As a service to our frontline responders, I'm providing free testing and free mask distribution at our health quarters. Please call 956 533-0799 for an appointment. I promise I will lead the city of McAllen towards a brighter and a sustainable future. Please vote for me for a healthy and a prosperous McAllen. God bless you all. Dr. Rashid, uh, thank you. Uh, on behalf of the McAllen, McAllen South, McAllen Even Clubs, we want to let everyone know how much we appreciate your patience. I know in the beginning there was a rather horrible echo uh, that reverberated. Uh, I know in my office, and I'm sure with yours, uh, we are learning in this, this process together. Uh, we are thrilled that it gives us the opportunity to bring such qualified uh, candidates uh, to a much larger audience. And uh, it's, a, it's great for you to be here. It's certainly, we're certainly blessed, in my opinion, as a city, to have the five candidates we have. There are a lot of places sometimes national places, uh, which, which where, we, where we wonder if we have one good, one good candidate, it's nice to see that we're blessed with an abundance of riches. And so once again, to each of the candidates, thank you very much for agreeing to appear. We appreciate it. And for those of you who are watching, thank you very much, because this is a Rotary meeting. If you're interested in learning more about Rotary, uh, please, you can find our websites or our Facebook page. Uh, we love this city, we love this community, uh, and we're certainly uh, thrilled to have you with us. Thank you. That was the McAllen mayoral candidate debate hosted by the Rotary Club of McAllen. Election day is set for May the 1st. If you're a candidate running for office in the Rio Grande Valley, the Rio Grande Guardian wants to feature you in our Meet the Candidate series. Call or text Rio Grande Guardian editor Steve Taylor at 9 Five six 
605-935-9380. You can send Steve Taylor an email, Taylor at RioGrandeGuardian.com. Again, if you're a candidate running for office in the Rio Grande Valley, the Rio Grande Guardian would like to include you in our Meet the Candidate feature. Call or text Rio Grande Guardian editor Steve Taylor at 956-605-9380. Send Steve Taylor an email. S. Taylor at RioGrandeGuardian.com. Again, that email is Taylor at RioGrandeGuardian.com. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. <laughs>